Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's the island greeting that we send to you from the land where palm trees swing. Here we know that Christmas will be Green and bright, the sun will shine by day and all the stars at night. A Maka is a wide way to say Merry Christmas to you. Amelikalikimaka is a thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That's the island greeting that we send to you from the land where palm trees sway. Know that Christmas will be green and bright. The sun will shine by day and all the stars at night. A melikalikimaka is a wise way to say Merry Christmas to every Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas to you. Good morning, church. Good morning. We're going to start our service this morning by singing on page 456, the first and third verse, In the Garden. I come to the garden alone.
You may be seated. Let us pray at this time. Holy Father, we come before you with gratefulness in our heart to thank you. Thank you for all your blessings. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us a day that we could share your word, Lord, that um, you went through the scriptures, Lord, that you have given us for us to learn even more about you. We're so grateful that we can live here in the United States where it is so free to choose our, our faith that we can come and worship you. We pray for America to go forth with you, Lord. We pray for the leaders of the nation. We pray at this time for the people in the church here as well that we, whatever it is, Lord, for us to learn this day, that you will abs- will absorb it as sponges in our minds. Be with those that's not here at this time. If they're on their way, guide them here in safety. And forgive us for our shortcomings and direct us in your path. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let us turn to page 196. All the verses. He is Lord. He is Lord. Thank you. 
Is there any announcement at this time? No, none. Okay, we have one. I have one announcement that uh, in the Aloha Kiakua Church on December seventeenth, we will be having a women and men's ministry, and we would like if you would like to participate to bring a gift at that time for us to have grab bags. Please feel free to do it, and thank you. I had asked Mary Ellen, and I'm sorry Will is not here at this time. I had asked her to please bear her testimony because, you know, in Ephesians, God says, I have blessed you in with every spiritual blessings. And even in Colossians, he said, I have made you worthy. And in Psalms, he said, I surrendered you with favor as a shield. And in talking with Mary Alice, it's such a joy to know. And it's a blessing that to know what she had gone through. And what I want her to do now is to come and bear her testimony of what she had gone through. Please, Mary Alice, thank you. And now at this time, too, we'd like to welcome back the people that has been on trips. Thank you for coming back. Thank you. Oh, she said she's not going to come up here. She's going to talk from there. Okay. Okay. I don't really like to talk so much about me. But I've had a, a life that I would have never planned for myself. And I know that it's the same for you. I um, I grew up in a really good home, and, and I came from a divorced parent, but I still had a, a big family. And I was, and then I got educated. I didn't want to go out and all that. But I went, and I got uh, that education. But I, I wasn't. I, I was belonging. I wanted to do things my way. In fact, I didn't want any part of that good life. I wanted to know what other side of life was doing. All the wrong things. But you know what? I went and I lived on Hell Street for about a year. And I, I, I went to every club and every ridiculous thing you could find. And I was, without my even knowing, was uh, protected from a lot of things that should have happened to me. I should have, nice. I should have been on drugs and prostitution with the rest of the people over there. In fact, I was so curious and foolish. But I didn't know what God was going to do with me because that experience was going to prepare me for a, a, a career that I had in the prison. By the time that happened, uh, by the time I went to work in that prison, it was in 1981. And the prisons were just changing from the old school where you could beat up anybody and do whatever you wanted to them, into the, the new school where had all these rules and all these restrictions. So uh, I got that job because I was looking for a civil service job on Maui because they just didn't have very much to offer. I wanted a retirement plan, you see? By thinking that goes on. And I didn't know that God was going to take me and use that experience that I had chosen, foolishness at best, to now work with people who were part of that. And so uh, I was what they call street ready by the time I got to the prison. And there were many people that worked there that weren't like that. But they couldn't con me and tell me all my stuff because I already knew what they were doing. So it helped me uh, in the work I was prepared to do. But even then, I went there like I was a guard. 
So I was going to do guard stuff, cuff people up, knock them down. One time I cracked this girl right in the face with one, my set of keys. And we weren't even allowed to do that. They called the cops But of course, everybody helped me lie. Uh, but anyway, um, about, I'll just tell you this. About uh, five or six late years later, after she got out of prison and all that, she didn't apologize to me. See? But those kind of things happened to me throughout my whole career. I started over there as a guard. I learned all the, the things to do, you know, how to cuff people, take up the court, and do all this kind of stuff. At that time, I didn't even have a uniform. They didn't even give us that. The only thing I had was an ID card that said I was in a prison. And um, <laughs> it was a crazy way. Plus, I learned from all these people that had been working in the, that system all the wrong things to do. The first night of my, my first night on duty, they told me to go into this dark room in the, in the where the cells were and just go sleep. So the rest of them went, put on pajamas, set up an alarm clock to wake them up. And only one person stayed up. They locked up. They cracked. They put chains around the doors so nobody could get in. That's how I learned from them. And I, you know, if the new person is at that kind of place, you know, you're not, you couldn't sleep. There was no way. You hear all the doors slamming and all the noise going on. But my introduction was to try because I was raised a different way to do at least what was right. And there was so much wrong going on. The prisoners were being abused. Crimes were being committed. People weren't doing their job. And I was going to stand by myself and, and do it. Well, to make this short, you know, shorter story, I spent uh, 25 years working there. And out of those 25 years, I was fighting corruption. 25 years. My last act as, as a guard, I was a captain by then, uh, was to turn in my warden for committing uh, rape, uh, my boss. And I had been doing something like that all along. This is just the last thing I was doing. And it took a lot of courage. The, the thing that I had on my side was my mother and my sister right here worked in the office. I had my two brothers were guards too. And then my nephews came to work there. So I had this network of family to help me watch my dad. Sometimes they didn't do too good a job of that. I would watch you live that. But, uh, no. but anyway, my sister was, she was hard because my mother was there too. So there were things that they did in secret. The people that I worked for were doing secret things. And then they were leading me into places where actually I I was put on live detectives and presented to attorney general for doing all kinds of wrong things. So I knew I didn't do that, so I just had to endure. But what I did was I ended up, I thought I was a guard, I started uh, running tournaments and things to keep the inmates busy so that they would keep busy and giving them cigarettes to take part <laughs> in tournaments and all this kind of stuff. Just to, making my job easier. Of course, everybody else that worked there didn't like me because you cross the line now when you do anything for somebody that's in there. And I want to say this to you is that I don't know many people who don't know somebody or a family member or somebody that wasn't in jail. Working in Hawaii is a different thing, but I would never work in these prisons up here because we had culture. Okay? I was anti the mother they didn't have. And I had guys crying my arms that were getting uh, sentenced to long sentences. But long story short, because God had a plan for me, he was changing me from a guard to a, a, a minister. Yeah. I ended up uh, getting people baptized and all against all the rules, by the way, of the people that I worked for. But I had some ranks, so it's pretty like <laughs> So I was getting people baptized, bringing all these church people into the prison so they would minister. There were so many people coming in. The people I worked with were angry. 
Because they, you know, guards, they don't like to work. So if you bring somebody and they have to go get their inmates and open up. It was ridiculous, but I, I did it anyway. Except I had guys sitting in my room. The other guards would come in there, get all mad at me and walk out because I, I'm preaching something or sharing a word. Well, I ended up, one of the things I did was take scriptures in my pockets every day and pass them out. And an inmate would come to say, oh, I got this problem, I got this here. This must be for me. <laughs> and I was holding Bible studies in my laundry room because I was in charge of the laundry and everything. So I had inmates in my laundry room all against the room. And I was uh, in, I would go Bible study with them and, and preach to them. But long story short, it was God was taking a life that didn't even know what was going to be the end result. And so that career really left me with all these people around the country and in Hawaii that I can never go someplace and they don't call me up, text me, or come see me. Because the, the relationships that I got to build with them was, I was honest for one thing. I wasn't lying to them. But when they were wrong, I also punished them. I would walk them around in, in, in yards where they didn't have anybody to talk to. I would just go around and around with the Bible. But anyway, I had the privilege of, of doing God's work, not even knowing that I was going to do that. But that was just the end of that. Okay, And I really... I was saved and I was doing God's work, but I didn't know a lot. I knew something, but I was learning and I wasn't quite there. So I had to retire. I retired when I was ready, not when the system was ready. I just walked out one day and said goodbye. And um, I never regretted my career because that was God using me. Like God uses me right today. Um, you know, I never thought I'd be teaching a Bible study, <laughs> although I've tried it several times before. And it's uh, become my life now, God's Word, Bible study, church. It's basically what I do. I used to gamble and like bars and drinking <laughs> and all that stuff. You know, but all of that was education too. So, um, you know, what he did for me, he can do for me. Amen. Tremendous ways. I told you only a little bit about, about my life. You know, I'm satisfied and happy just the way it turned out. I never thought so. I never thought I was going to be happy. I quit doing all those foolish relationships and garbage. As a matter of fact, I'm never ashamed to tell you this because the world will lie to you, but I was homosexual all my life. Like, and I changed my life when I really accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Totally. And then you'll hear the other side of that, all the people saying, no, it can't be done. No, you know, people are born that way and all that's lies. Mm -hmm. That's the devil's Amen. lies. Amen. And I'm never ashamed to tell people because it's true. You know, I'll never go back there. I have friends still yet that I love and care about, but it's not my life. And it, it wasn't meant to be. It was meant for me to tell somebody sometime so that they know. Because some people have kids they don't know what to deal with. You know, they don't, want, they don't know what to do with. But if you ever need help in that, you know, you can ask me. I'll tell you the truth. So I appreciate the time and uh, the work that God's done in me, and I know what he's going to do in you. And we can do it together. So I, I, I thank you guys for that time. Hallelujah. Yesterday, I, it was on my heart to ask her to bear her testimony, and she says, only five minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I told Linda, but Linda said, oh, no, not me. Yeah. <laughs> but I just want to just add to her because not knowing that I was, when I had gone home, I had an opportunity to be with the prisoners, women prisoners that came uh, out from all the islands to uh, St. Stephen's. 
and we had representatives of the state, and we had uh, the OHA and the president of I don't know where now, but there, and we had all brought, had broken up in small groups. Well, in so doing, it was so interesting to know why and how these people went through. She knows because she's been there with these people in jail, in prison, and to know what these women had to go through and abuse too, when they were abused. Anyway, they came to me and asked me, Auntie, oh, you so old. How long have you been in, over here in the prison? I said, I haven't been in prison. They said, what are you doing here with us again? You've got to be doing something wrong. You over here with us, we don't know what you did. I said, no, I didn't do I had a fear. How about I hear you folks' story? Some of them will be coming here to Vegas to visit. I did ask them, and I was talking to Mary Alice, I said, I'd like for them to come up on the kuau over here and share their story. And you know what? They're so willing. They're not ashamed what they did, how they did, why they did. They are on the way with the Lord, and she knows. Mm -hmm. That's the only, by the way, that's the only thing corrects people, you know. Is their walk with the Lord. Amen. The system, the system is a, a total loser. Mm -hmm. That's and why she keeps going back. And she, she knows. And here we're so fortunate that we have, we all have talents, right? Yeah. And we have to come forth and step forth with our talents. So whatever your talent is in giving or praying, Mike over there, he's a prayer warrior. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Patsy. So, whenever and however you can share yourself with the Lord here, with anyone, please, please, feel free to. It's not for me. It's for Keakua. Keakua. Thank you. Can I say something? Yes, yes. Oh, she would talk. Oh, no, no. No, look at her. I just want to say that um, Mary Alice said that for inmates, um, part of their their uh, recovery is finding the Lord. But I want you to understand this. They find the Lord in, in, in prison because they have nothing better to do. And Amen. that's the truth. And I only say this because I've been there. I'm not. I work there. <laughs> <laughs> but as Christians, you know, when when, when they come out and people find out that they they were inside, they were inmates at one time. A lot of people tend to do this. Oh, uh, yeah. you know. But if you're really, you know, we all profess to be Christians and we all profess to believe in the Word, then when you come up, if these people come, don't do this. Mm -hmm. You know, Amen. Let, let's prove yes. and show that for them, as well as ourselves, that we believe the Word. Amen. And these people need that reassurance from people oh, like us. Amen. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you, Mary Alice. 
Morales is an example of a prisoner, a prisoner of God's love. Okay, what she has done, and now we're gonna have uh, Mr. Pri- uh, Mr. Primo gonna sing what? Ooh. Prisoner of love? What? Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't even know that song. <laughs> okay, I have two songs. You know. No, take one. I choose you before you knew who I was. I heard. You crying down in Egypt land. You are my people. I am your God. A covenant you cannot comprehend. I'm gonna take you on a journey. We're gonna walk across the sea. My children, don't you worry, let me set you mind at ease. You do what possible, you do the praise, I do the miracle, I make the way. You put your trust in me. You keep my faith, then when you can go on, that's when I do the miracle. We are His people, He is our God, He saved us. From a wicked world of sin So why do we worry When it all falls apart When a stormy tide of life Come crashing in We have but one purpose That to trust with all our heart than to stand back with the water as we watch the waters fall. You do what possible, you do the praise, I do the
this is one song that uh, when I was when I had cancer, about the cancer, this is the first song that gave me a lot of faith. And to today, when I go to the doctor, thank God everything is almost gone. So that's why I love this song. But when you always do things for me, and you do things for everybody, okay? And this next song that really taught me is that for what a reason. I've been blessed with many things. God be so good to me. I have family and friends who share in all I do. But if I lose it all, and I'm left with nothing. If I have the Lord, I know I make it through. He's the only reason I live, but oh. Oh, he's the only reason I 
Thank you. Thank you, uh, Primo. Yes, he is the only reason we live. And oh, what a reason. <clears throat> Our scripture reading is found in the New, in the New Testament in the book of Second Corinthians. Chapter 1, verses 20 to 22. And he's read as follows. For no matter how many promises God has made, there are yes in Christ. And so through him the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anoints us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what it is to come. Father, thank you for this all letter this morning. Open our hearts and minds to receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. At this time, I want to call on Pastor Millie to, to share these few words on our reading this morning or whatever the Lord puts in her heart. Millie, Pastor. Mahalo to Kahu Ralph and to all of you, my family in Christ. Aloha Kako. Aloha. <clears throat> um, you know, there's a saying in the Bible that says, be ready in season and out of season. And if I look like I'm nervous, it's because it's out of season, but I need to get into the season. Amen? Amen. <laughs> but God is good, and, and his word is good for us to take in. And as you heard earlier, um, it is in the Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter 1, verses 20 through 22. I'm going to read that as well. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are, yes, in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. By the way, the word amen means I agree. I used to say that so many times, and, and I found myself stopping, and Pastor Luigi was there, and I said, by the way, that's not the only word I know. I just want to know, does anybody agree with me as the word says and everyone had a nice laugh out of that but there was some that wasn't sure what amen meant but it simply means i agree and so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of god now it is god who makes both us and you stand firm in christ i like this part he anointed us we got to see things like that in the word of God where something God has desired to pass on and give to us. He, de he anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us. That's the most 
wonderful love you can ever hear when someone sets the seal of approval of you and from the highest, yeah? When you see glory to God in the highest, that's where that seal is coming from. Set his seal of ownership on us, and he does own us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing, these are such powerful words, guaranteeing what is to come. Is God good? Yes, Yes, he is. And the kumahana was promises of God. Boy, that was beautiful promises. And I want to praise and thank God that I can share for him this morning. And I ask the Holy Spirit to just move through me and have what God would have come from the throne of grace through me and unto each and every one of you this morning. Praise be to God. So I like that the word of God starts us off right now for no matter how many promises, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. So if the promises are yes in Christ, then you know like how a picture is on the wall and it's crooked and if you're like me, you have that urge to want to go there and and just kind of fix it, right? And you will... And sometimes it bothers you so much, you'll climb over people just to fix the picture that's crooked. Okay, that's what that means here. No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. You have a tendency to want to make what you know as a fact that is crooked that needs to be straight. Right? Is God talking to you this morning? Yeah. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. Why? Because if your picture is straight on the wall, right, is that going to bother you anymore? No. No, because it's straight, it's firm, and it's proper and the way it's supposed to be, right? So take a picture, take the picture on the wall, the fact that it's crooked and you had to fix it straight. What do you think God is saying about that? What do you think God is thinking? That person is not a person of chaos. Is the person of order. Amen? And I like that. What, it, what the promise is for us is we got to stand firm in Christ. God is telling me so many times today, I need the people to know that they need to stand firm in him, in Christ. Why? Because the world is going to get more tougher, and it will not care where you stand. And I shared this with someone yesterday. If you don't know, if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for everything. So the word of God is telling us today to stand firm in Christ. Get to know Christ if you never knew him. I never knew him, and it took my sister to tug me to to, um, a women's Bible study fellowship. She said, just come and just keep me company. Then I found out she needed me to sing with her while there, and I said, I don't even know why you're in this this huge group of people. And she said, just do your part like you always do, and I'm like, okay. So we sang, and the anointing of the Lord came down. Why? Because we stood firm. And we realized, hey, we were amongst Christians. And they needed to see Christ in us. By the way, Christ was not always with us. Yeah, we always had our little rascal times and our little rascal ways. But as God kept putting us with people that was firmly in the Bible, we found ourselves taking seriously why we were in our classes. You know, why were we in the classes? Why? Why did we, we just wanted to sing and leave. That's what we do every time we perform, just sing and leave. You know, say goodbye and then leave. But God didn't let us do that. 
And he took all the, and not just any woman, all the women at the top grabbed us, sat us down in the front row so we couldn't run away. (laughs) So you know what God is saying when he grabs us, places you there, and he has something for us. And it's the word of God, yeah? Um, John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. When I came here to Las Vegas, and I shared um, that it was grudging me, but praise be to God that he knows me, he loves me, and he keeps waiting for me. And he does for any one of us that thinks God cannot use you because he can, and he will wait, and he will use you at that time. Anyways, coming here and um, just waiting on God and not knowing what was happening. The waiting is hard, you know, when you have to wait. You keep saying, well, when is it? And the wait came, and the Lord placed me in Word Ministries Fellowship. And he said, you're going to stay here. I said, I don't want to. But God says, I have something for you. So stay, we stayed there, both Prima and I stayed there. And we were working along two pastors that were getting old. And one day, we just had the ministry, and we had to make it work. And we were given orders. Yeah, he, The pastor talked to me, he says, you... Will preach the word. And then he looked at Primo and says, And you will keep the order. And both of you will move the ministry. So we were like, Ooh, that's, that's hard, you know? And he said, And you will do it with the power and the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So see, God has something coming if you don't already have it. And God has every special person in mind that he wants to use. And by the way, he takes every one of us to say, can't be me. You are the very one, probably first on the list. Because that's what we said, can't be me. And then what? we were first on the list. And we were like, we called it being corralled. But no, God called it quarreling and chorus, I guess. But when we were there and when God continued to place us where we were going to grow, um, we realized that, you know, um, God is good. We used to say, you know, that's not for us. That's for my grandpa. He's an evangelist. That's not for us. That's for my grandma. She's a deaconess. You know, we used to always be those sign pointers, like, and they went that way. And then one day, my grandma, my grandma said, and no, here it is. That arrow stops right here. And we we're like, not sure. And she said, just ask God. Say, God, why did you call me? Why do you want me? I mean, I don't see anything in me that I can be for you. And then when you say that, he'll give you the help you need. People will come to you and they'll say, I like that song you sang. And they would be crying because it was touched in their heart. That's what Jesus is. He's a relationship. And when he wants to move into our hearts, he will. And many a times we're not ready or we're not sure because sometimes we can be the most critical person to our own selves. And we always start with, can't be me, I just know because I'm just horrible to the max. And then God says, actually, I chose you. So here we go. This is what we're going to do. And then God gets you on your way. That's what God is telling me to tell all of us today. And I like that he connected us with um, Reflame Ministries because... We just needed an hour, and, and Reflame Ministries opened their doors to us. And I constantly praise God to thank him for um, Pastor Ralph because he heard the Lord say, open up the doors for this ministry. And uh, when he opened that door from that day, which is, I think, 2011, um, God has been able to keep us going. And we fluctuate, but, you know, God is there all the time. Thank you, Lord. And... <clears throat> 
today when we move in um, both Kahu and myself and the ministries that God chose for us to lead, I always thank him. I said, you knew I needed to be reflamed every so often, you know, because, um, you know, I started to think like back home. I don't know where the nearest beach is so we can have our service at the beach or um, that park kind of looks you know, real dangerous to go to the whole service. <laughs> and, you know, we kind of think like that, but God says, don't worry, that's my part. I provide. I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm the provider. What he needs us to be is available and willing. And don't worry about being able to apply because he is the one that brings every good and perfect gift comes from above. And he will. He will make us be able to do just what he has for us to do. So, and I, I, I just want to um, close with um, what God had given us. We were also not only able to be with this ministry and the open doors of Reflame, and I see that doing, I see that all the time. Not only does the Kahu says, say to us, you know, what more can we do? That's Reflaming, what more can I do? But it is in his members. It is the way that he, how he puts out the members pick up and they carry forth. So I thank God for Reflame. Um, he's got a big job in us for word ministry because we got to get that word out there to whomever, whatever, and however. And it's tough when, when you have to be up against, you know, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That means he's, he's going to be right at us making sure that that word is so powerful and reaches out and ministers to a lot of people. Amen? Amen. So today, God is telling me um, that he's talking to you, wherever you are. You may see yourself as, I'm just music, but he'll move you up the ranks. Because if he can use you, he will. And if you can set aside in your heart and in your mind, Lord, you made time for me when you went to the cross. You made time for me when you took the nails on the cross for me. You made time for me when you died on the cross to pay my wages of my sins. You did all that for me. So when he made that time, I had to turn around and say, then I will make the time for you as well. I'm not good, God. I'm the best I can be. And that's all he needs us to be is the best that we can be because he does the rest. The, the, third person of the, uh, the third person of the Trinity is the Holy Spirit, and he is the power that will move the mountains and make the, the, declare the word of God and have everything to go forth and be done. And you will see amazing things. I've seen him move mountains. I've seen him um, working lives. And I, like my husband, I had cancer too. And I just, when, at that time, I was so strong in the church and in the word of God. Uh, my, my doctor kept saying, you need to get to the hospital right now. Your blood count is very low. I said, I will do that after I check in with the physician because I have church this morning. So I went to church, had my service. That day was communion. And at the meantime, he, she's yelling at my husband. She really needs to get in there right away. So I go there. And I went in God's timing, according to the great physician, the one that made me, that created me. Yeah, Elohim is our creator. And when I went in, all the things opened up. The, 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 the emergency room was so packed, but God just said, said to the person bringing me in, take her straight in, take her straight to the back. And like all doctors was there, and I didn't know who, which doctor was which, um, but I knew who I went in. I went with the great physician. 
God himself took me in. And when he took me in, it didn't matter what they were going to do. They had all these plans. My doctor had all these plans of who she was going to have as my surgery person and all that. And when God went in with me, all the plans changed. He had, she had a, a lady doctor to do me, and there was this man doctor that was good in, the, in that cancer field. And when he came to me, everybody feared him. The nurses all feared him. And when he came to me, he said, he was scolding me, and, and I looked at him and I said, I don't, I don't want you. I want another doctor. Go get someone else. And he says, nobody, nobody turns me down. I said, I just did. So go, either you leave or I go home. So now they're all panicking because already my blood count is low, right? Inside of me, I'm saying, Jesus, you're my blood. You're my blood count. I don't have to worry what their machines tell them. When you are the blood that is flowing in me, I don't have to worry. So the blood of Jesus was in me, and I was getting stronger in there. The doctor was having a, I guess, hissy fit, and... My husband is walking around in the, the busy emergency room, and then he's telling me, hey, you know that, that lady over there? She's been here from the morning, that old lady, and she's been in pain. It's her hip. And I'm like, what do you want me to do? They just hooked me up for blood. I, you know, they're giving me blood. <laughs> I'm having a blood transfusion. He said, I know, but I thought I'd tell you that that lady over there, you know, she's been in pain. And I'm like, and so inside of me, I'm saying a quick prayer. I says, okay, Lord, what do you want us to do? So I said, how did you learn? Because that lady is way over there, and you, you know, you're here. And I saw you, you didn't get as far as her, but he saw the daughter that was, it was so concerned for the mama. So he came to me, my husband came, he says, we need to do something. <laughs> I looked at him and I said, go over there and pray. He says, no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so I said, okay, okay. So I said, okay, you know what you do? Tell the daughter, come to me. And the Lord said, I will talk to her through you. So when the daughter came to me, I said, okay, do you want your mom to be healed? She said, yes. I said, how much do you want your mom to be healed? She said, very much. Like right now, I said, good, give me your hands. I said, this is not my hands at the moment. This is God's hands, and he's going to anoint you. When I pray over your hands, you are to not let no one touch your hands and go straight to her. And wherever she's complaining that her, her problem or her concern is, you are to touch her there. I said, remember, no one can touch your hands from here to wherever, she, you know, however you can get over to her. And she, she wanted it so badly, she desired it so badly that she went straight to her mom and she did. She, she just went like this. You've seen this lady in the, <laughs> in, the, in the emergency room going, get away from me, get at me. And I'm like, everybody else says, can you get me? But she's the only one going like this, don't touch me. Went there, touched her mom on the hip. And um, she also said, my mom hasn't eaten and she's very hungry. She doesn't have a room, but she needs a room. So uh, I, I told her, everything that you prayed, it'll, it'll come to her. It'll come to you. So she went and she did all that I told her that the Lord told me to tell her. Okay, that's how that worked. He told me, I told her, she did it. And her mom, it was just half an hour later, half an hour later, the nurses said, we have a bed for you. And then about, I think it was an hour later, so the, the, the girl kept saying, we heard somebody yelling from across the, the busy emergency room, and she said, my mom has no pain. <laughs> I said, give praise to God, because he heard your prayer and he heard your mom's. 
And uh, and she said, thank you. And I said, no, thank God, thank God, because he is in this hospital whether you like it or not. He just wants to know who recognizes him here, in the in in here. And so she said, I hope you'll be fine. I said, my doctor doesn't even dwell here. My doctor comes from on high. <laughs> He's making a doctor visit for me today. And they, they took me, they, they did the surgery and everything. And when I was done, the blood, my blood count went back up high. And uh, they sent all these, because it was like a Catholic hospital. They sent all these people to give me papers about being prepared to die. I said, oh, no, I'm fine. If I die, I'm fine. Absent, um, when I die, I'll be you know, present with the, absent from my body. I'll be present with the Lord. And if I'm not with the Lord, I will still be with my family. And they're like, Don't, aren't you afraid you're going to die? I said, no. <laughs> and they looked at me and said, I know my God. I know my Jesus. And I know he knows me. His blood flows through me. And he is the God that I serve. So to make the story short, like you said, um, I didn't have this to say at all. But anyways, when uh, when all these people that brought me brochures on how to prepare to die, how to tell my family I'm going to die, you know, um, when they gave me all the papers, they came back to check on me, and I was being checked out. And I said, by the way, maybe somebody else can use all your brochures <laughs> and your tracks and your your." 12 steps of whatever that may be. They said, they told us you were supposed to die because you did. You were almost to no blood. I said, I know, but I have the best blood now flowing through me. And I told my husband, I said, you know, with Jesus in us, and I can recognize the cross because he's a relationship, and I tap onto his blood on that cross that died for me, he makes us whole. There is no such a thing as half, three quarters, whatever. You're whole just because of who he is. And I give him the glory, and I don't want to take any more longer, but that's what today's message is all about. That set the seal of ownership is on me. God wants to seal you too with his ownership. Let him own you, because then what happens is he already knows the manual of how we all operate, right? Might as well give him all that he is deserving. So remember that it is where we stand and with who, and thank God that he anointed us, and he set his seal of ownership on us. And he put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit. I had deposit in my bank. So I could I could write a check from the Lord to that lady and her hip. <laughs> and she got blessed. So I just want to praise and thank God that I can share that with you today. All glory, honor, and praise to the Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Well, we heard one was in prison, did work in prison, and not only in the hospital. These are the place that God works, yeah, and there's a reason why that we can go either place. But you know, I'm going to give five minutes to these people that ran away from our church for about a week, <laughs> and I wanted to to share the wonders and the signs that God had revealed to them through their eyes. So either uh, Roy or Linda, you first come up and share with us your journey, yeah. Please, thank you. Aloha. It's nice to be back in Las Vegas. But for 10 days there, we were truly in God's country. We went to um, Utah 
And we learned a little bit about the church in Utah. And fascinating. The people that we've met as we went through Utah to Wyoming to South Dakota. The people are very, very welcoming, very friendly, very cordial. Um, everybody you talk to, from the waitresses to they were all willing to help you. And I look, I said, is this what happened when you live out in a rural area where God is strong? Versus in a big city, everybody's so in a rush. Everybody's yelling at each other. And my grandson, it blew his mind. He saw animals, he saw things that he'd never seen before. Buffaloes. You know, that's his family. Now, it's it's my family. He's became a cannibal. He said, "Oh, buffalo! It's my family. Oh, I like try buffalo burger. What are you gonna eat the buffalo?" But but he saw uh, prairie dogs. He saw beautiful, beautiful uh, monuments. We saw the. Mount Rushmore, and you sit down and look at that, the the people that put the work into that, that created that, there was the hand of God that says, hey, the heart, they devoted so many years just to build that. And then we walked down, discarded, all these flags was hanging, I said, hey, there's a Hawaiian flag. Now, would you believe the only flag that was around the post was a Hawaiian flag? I said, well, climb up there, make them hang down straight. But we took a picture of that. And the work that we saw at um, Chief Crazy Horse, the man that started it, he passed away five years before he even saw any results, and his sons took over. He had ten kids. And all his kids was working. They showed the labor of love that he put into it. He came up, he went up the mountain by himself. And he dug just chisel and hammer. Said, you got to be kidding. And then he finally found a compressor. It was called Buddha. <laughs> he would start up his compressor. Crank up. He'd climb up these nine-story stairs. He'd get up the top. And it died off. He had to go back down. Nine times he'd go back and forth. But he never gave up. Now you think to yourself, what drives a man like that to do something like that? But he trained all his kids. And one thing he told his kids is that don't give up your dreams. In other words, this is my dream. I would appreciate it if you guys would continue, but not, don't Give up on your dreams. And some of his kids went on to become lawyers. One became a sculptor. And uh, one became a pastor. But they all came back home. The monument, the Crazy Horse Monument, when it's going to be completed, it's not in my lifetime, but it's going to be a work of art. It'll be a big campus, a four-year college, open to anybody 
And the funds that they have for the monument, it's all private donation. None of it is, is government. The government tried to give them $10 million. They said no. He said, because you guys tied up so many red tapes. When we went there, Thanksgiving, they stayed open. All our government parks was closed. He said, we funded. If a recession go down, our work slow down. But everything they sell, everything they do, it's all for the, the, that monument. And we saw a game. We saw the beautiful, beautiful country. So, you know, maybe we can live here. This reminds me like San Island. <laughs> but beautiful hills. And I told myself, how come with all the game, you, you, you go to town, everybody's fighting, everybody's grumbling about this and that. The people out there are just so mellow. They enjoy the little things that God created, the simple life. No luxury things, no, you know, uh, what you call uh, a nice car or whatever. But they all live pretty simple and they're very, very happy. We need to get back to the roots of our being. What is more important that God has said? Life, family. You know, education is great, but preserve the land. Like the Hawaiian said, Aloha Aina. Love out the land and the sea. We forgot that. We're so caught up in buying a new car or what kind of job you get or making more money. That's all wasteful. You make dollar a day, you learn to live on dollar a day. My dad told me that. You make $10 a day, you're broke. Why? Because you're buying foolish things that you don't really need. Right? My wife kept telling me, why don't you go buy a new car? No, man, my car runs good. The drive that we did, it's a beautiful drive. It's my way of saying, leave me alone. I'm in my element. And I just drive. And I just enjoy the scenery the weather, and every now and then more after, you're driving too fast. Shut up, leave me alone. <laughs> you know, 80 miles an hour, bro. Phew, as fast as you can go. I'm looking, and I said, you know how fast we're going? More after, wow, how fast? I said, I'm going 90 miles an hour. feel like we're going 55. Because the road is so straight. And he said, is that the ocean? I said, no, I said, land. He said, look like the ocean. But as flat, far as you can see, if you get a chance to, if you've never done that, people from the island, you've only read about it, go see the country, man. Go see, America is so beautiful. It's the people that mess it up. You know? I sat down with the Indians, and I told and this holy guy, I guess they had, I said, are you, uh, are you Native American? He said, no, he is. So I was talking to him. I said, what kind of, what tribe you belong to? I belong to the Oglala. That's Sioux, right? I said, you know something? You guys have a beautiful, beautiful country. Too bad the white man came and messed it all up. And the white guy said, yeah, you're right, you're right, we did. But the Indians have a saying. 
this land, when I die, is where I will be buried with my people. Isn't that something? I guess I've phrased it wrong. And, it, and it's right on the inscription of Crazy Horse. When he dies, he'll be buried in the land of his people. That's, really, that's something to say. We've enjoyed it. We've seen so many uh, things that we have never seen coming from Sand Island. <laughs> I saw a lot of stuff too from Sand Island. But if you get a chance to, take a trip. Spend the time. Drive. Don't fly. Drive and enjoy the country. I stopped, picked up. Oh, I kind of got mad at my wife. This, we're going through Deadwood. Let's just go there. You know, don't. Why would we stop in here? Well, let's go to the hotel. I wanted to stop at Deadwood, man. I wanted to see where Wild Bill Hickok got killed, right? <laughs> I'm the Western guy. So going all the way. The next morning, we got up. We had a lot of time. We did whatever. Then I said, I'm going down to Deadwood. <laughs> Drove back down to Deadwood and said, told Chase, hey, you know who Wild Bill Hickok is? No. I said, come here. I showed him the picture, I took him into the saloon. So you see that guy? He was a legend. He was real life. He was the fastest gunfighter. And he got shot in the back of the head. They showed his chair, you know, with his gun hanging. They showed his uh, little uh, marker, grave marker. And all the sawdust and all. It was really nice. And we walked through the town and really enjoyed it. And uh, at least he learned a little bit of history. Right. Thank you very much. Push. Thank you, Roy. Oh, it made my my message very simple this morning. Anyway, the promises of God. God had promised us everything that we asked for. But the greatest thing that he promised us was through his son, Jesus Christ, an everlasting life. You see, if you ask God what you need, you know, he will provide. You folks want to journey for 10 days and seeing his creation and really see how other people live, yeah? A simple life, but they always have the Lord in, their, in them. And for the story we heard this morning that was shared by Mary Alice and our, our, our Kahu over here. <clears throat> it all comes from God. Everything comes from God. Everything that we do. So, the Kumana of today is the promises of God. It says our Christian life, yeah, rests on the foundation of God's promises. It rests on the foundation of God's promise. Yeah? Because He knows everything. And he promised us what? Everlasting life through who? Through Jesus Christ. He promised us good life here in our relationship as husband and wife and as a family. He provides us the things that we need when we ask him. Yeah, He already knows our needs. He already knows what our future is going to be. So the promise he gives us is what? To love his son, our Lord Jesus. I had four pages for my sermon this morning, but I think I've said what I wanted to say.
And I appreciate and thank God for those who shared this morning. It wasn't on a program, but it was on God's agenda for this morning. To hear what other people have in their hearts and mind to share. And me sitting over here listening to the song. That is the reason. Yeah. Primo said the reason for to live for Jesus. That's the only reason. So what I'm saying is that our promises that God gives us is to be with him. So our qualification as far as to be with him is to what? Our daily life. Eh? Be just. Be merciful. Walk humble with the Lord. Yeah? Know about the Lord. Study about him. Know who he is. Thanksgiving went by. We thanks for all the turkey that we ate and everything else that we had. But did we thank him personally? We always thank, thank you, Jesus, for the blessing, for this, for that, for that. But how about Jesus himself? How about God? How about Holy Spirit? This morning, the way was mentioned, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the way. Yeah? The truth is Jesus, and the life is God. These three belong to us through the promises of God. Yeah. So all we need to do is study. Study his word to be wise, because God is wise. God is faithful, he is loving, he is truthful, he is all-powered. This is who he is. So when you appreciate the things that you get and you thank God for the blessing, thank God for who he is. And praise one another always. Yeah. And you know, we sang this Christmas song this morning, Joe. We sing Melakali Kamaka. I said, Oh that's not too bad because Thanksgiving is already gone. But if we sang it before Thanksgiving, ah, uh, you know what? You you sing from the wrong page. <laughs> but nevertheless, uh, we got the message. We are moving into the birth of our Lord Jesus. And he won't be long, guys. Just wait for him. Yeah. So I want to thank God for all that have shared today. My Mary Alice, my Kahu, my Roy, and all of you. Maybe next week Sunday I'll give folks a chance to come up and talk. Okay. But nevertheless, yeah, I we praise and thank God for what He has given us today. A wonderful day. Uh, and we shared a lot of things that, that need to be shared. So you need to hear. Yeah. To believe you need to hear. To hear you need to be witness. Yeah. And when you are witness, then you are being called. So I pray and thank God for his promises. Yeah. But most of all, for who he is and for who we are. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for, for all you have given us this morning. The wonderful story, but they are not story. These are the things that you give in, in their hearts. This is part of the life, part of your plan for each and every one of us. For the words we had heard, Lord, comes from you and not from man. But we praise and glorify you, Lord, for this little this morning. You promise. Yes, our life is based on the foundation of your promise. And all we need to do is to be obedient 
and follow and trust you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us have our offering at this time, please. Let us all rise for our doxology and closing up our service. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Mekaloko mai kai o koma ko haku aloha o Yesu Kristo. A mekalau na aloha anamai o ko uhani hemolele. Mekakopa kahi apau. May the everlasting love of Je- Jehovah God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with all forevermore. Amen. Amen. Mahalo. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.